Hello, hello, good people. Welcome back for another episode of Bantu Book Review. We're going to jump right in. And this week, we're going to switch it up a little bit and put the emotionally intelligent word of the day first and foremost. There have been a few weeks that have gone by where I've been feeling peeved, annoyed, frustrated, and I definitely recognize that I've been having a lot of high negative energy a lot lately and I've got to make a change Uh, but there's just so much happening in the world every single day so many things that are so very troubling Uh, but like I said I'm going to take some steps to to correct that but that's how I'm feeling this week I did start my week off right getting my news and political commentary from one of my favorite podcasts the brown liquor report And they informed me of and made me think about a lot of really important things in the political arena. This latest episode was a reminder in a lot of ways of the importance of focus and clarity and conviction in the face of ignorance and cowardice. Um, I'm a person, um, just to give you a little bit about me, I'm a person who gets distracted um, when people disregard and blatantly ignore the truth. Um, I really have no tolerance or patience when it comes to people who bait you into emotional reactions that are negative. And, you know, I, I think it's really a waste of time to, to give monologues on get on your soapbox, um, and, and talk and explain yourself away to people who really do not give a crap, you know? Um, and so the people who are protesting Kaepernick for, strange reasons like bad timing or inappropriate setting um protesting kneeling being the wrong way to do it or the field not being the right place sunday's not the right time you know these people are so annoying because they ignore his campaign and his work off the field right um the times when he's not actually in violation of these random and arbitrary terms that they approve of they don't have anything to say, right? And these same people don't commend individuals who they feel would be more fit to send these kinds of messages, like politicians, for example, with the same views, who do so, quote unquote, appropriately in their political arenas during their political news segment, right? These people are still mad, right? They still complain because guess what? They don't actually care. They just want us to put up and shut up. So I just want to say, right? Um send some encouragement and and give some advice that I've been trying to take myself and say that for the people who try to force you into an explanation for your humanity, for the people who try to silence you, censor you, or dictate your emotional responses when people or systems infringe on your humanity, they don't care about you. Ignore these people and let their ignorance consume and destroy them. Fight your fight. And don't explain yourself because the fighting is hard enough when you're not wasting your breath. So yeah, I'm saying all that to say that I'm trying to not be distracted. Um, and this week I came across this really good tweet um, from the slum, the slum flower at the slum flower. And it says, your crippling need to be understood by people who continue to show you that they barely understand themselves will shackle you to the most emotionally debilitating situations. I totally agree. I totally agree. So my advice again is just you got to ignore people sometimes because they mean you harm, right? They will waste your breath, your time, and they will tap dance on the one last good nerve you have. And I mean, really dig in their heels, getting on your nerves. In my opinion, it's easier to protect your space 
from the jump and not allow certain energy into your vicinity at all than to try to remove it once it's there and already in your system. And um, I got a little imagery. Since this is audio only, a little imagery is like the bouncer versus Uncle Phil from The Fresh Prince, right? Bouncer says, listen, you're not going to use your privilege to cut the front of the line and get access to me. Whereas Uncle Phil is like, he let Jazz in his house. Jazz pisses him off. He gets fed up. Jazz is working his nerves. And then finally, Uncle Phil throws him out of the house, right? That's too much work. Be the bouncer. Don't let these people in in the first place. So I want to conclude this segment. I'm aware of my emotions, but further than awareness, I want to take a step in the direction of adjusting my emotions and and introducing some more positive energy into my life. So my goals for this week and for forevermore are one, I want to try to be more direct in communicating my thoughts and feelings. Number two, I want to be more concise in telling the truth and focus on the facts more than my feelings. Because that's another way people try to distract you, right? When you get emotional. But focus on what I have to say. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my argument stronger. Because I have a tendency to sometimes get louder. And that's not good. The last thing. Um, so I've, I've been having a lot of days of high and low, but negative energy, like I mentioned. So I'm going to prioritize self-care, meditation, and mindfulness more so that I can have more positive energy, be it high or low. I want some more positivity in my life, and I feel responsible for making it happen. So there are things that I have to do, and that means that I have to be more intentional with my actions as opposed to reacting to the nonsense happening around me. Let's move on to the next segment, Hate It or Love It, and get into the book about the young girl who said, listen, in spite of what you people say and feel about my life, about my choices, about my destiny, I know the truth and I'm going to seek it. My life is my own. This book is the last in a trilogy. It's called Benti, The Night Masquerade by Nnedi Okorafor. This series was awesome, right? I'm finally finished with the Benti trilogy and this episode is the wrap-up. I've done three reviews. This is the last. Uh, the first book was Benti. The second was Benti Home. And this last book was really, really good. I'm actually exhausted after all this reading and space traveling with our girl Benti. She's died, come back to life. And in the process, I have been angry, elated, inspired, everything, all the emotions. I have felt them reading these books. And all three of the books were just so good and so needed so dope. Um, I've, I've read these books and it was well-timed. Um, and my favorite of all three is actually the second book. Uh, Benty Home is my favorite book of them all. Uh, but today, the last book is My Focus. So some of my lingering questions from the last Bantu book review episode. We left off when Benty brought her friend Oku, who was an otherworldly creature, back home to Earth and to her small village her small Himba community. So the questions were, was she foolish for trusting the Kuish to honor the, the peace treaty? Could all of the tragedies that end up happening have been avoided if she never returned home or further, if she never left home in the first place? Was she wrong, Benti? Was Benti wrong to impose Oku's presence and the resulting tension and turmoil on her family and on her community? Was her sister... And more 
more generally her family, were they justified in their anger? Because they were really upset that she left, of course. Uh, but were they justified? Um, did she have the right to make the choices that she made in spite of what her family would have wanted her to do? And when it comes to doing the right thing, does it matter how it's done if you get it done, right? Um, this is this has been a question that I've been asking a lot of myself outside of reading the series, like in general for life, like when you know you have to do the right thing, is it more important to get it done or to do it right, right? Because in the end, I guess the question is, does, does the means justify the end? No, does the end justify the means, right? And the last question is, where's Okul? Because they kidnapped our boy at the last, on the, at the end of the last book. Um, and so, yeah, there are so many lingering questions. This book wraps it up. And you'll still have your different opinions about, you know, whether she's right or wrong or who's right or who's wrong and blah, blah, blah. But this book brings us closure. And so I want to first start with the hated part of this segment. Benty is growing up. She's a young girl and she finally meets a boy that she likes. I feel that she loves him. Um pretty quickly and he definitely loves her and expresses that um and whenever she looks at this young boy his name is Miwenyi um she blames the feeling that she gets on being a harmonizer and like connecting with his powers and his innate ability to like identify somebody's feelings and emotions and I'm like girl stop you like him just say it I love when people just say I love you I feel like we should do that more so she was getting on my nerves when she kept trying to deny her feelings for him and I loved that he never did that when it came to her. And I and I really love the way that their uh, romance budded and um, the way that that unfolded. So I wanted her to stop playing hard to get, girl. You need all the love that the world has to offer, okay? You hold on to the people that love you. You better love him back. Um, the second thing I hated, right? Um, and I hated it because it was true more than the fact that I just hated it for no reason. But at some point, Someone in the book, I forget who it was, but I had to make a note of it. Somebody said, the tumultuous relationships many humans seem to have with the beasts of the earth and the galaxy are our own fault. Truth. Truth. We create a lot of the problems that we have. And then we complain. And it's like, just stop invading people's space or, you know, killing them or, you know, minding their business and probably we won't be in the mess that we're in. So I just, I hated that this was so true, but I am not a person who runs away from the truth. And I wish more people would acknowledge their fault in issues and situations that are problematic because the sooner you check yourself, the easier it is to resolve the conflict and resolve the situation or to just eliminate the conflict in the first place. So I, I really hated that I love this statement. And I hate that so many people ignore and ignore the truth in in their accountability for many of the situations that we find ourselves in. Also, I hated um, that it took me so long to realize that maybe it was intentional that Benty's father kept her from the desert as a child. And it made me question whether he was trying to keep her from learning the part of herself that was in Zenadia, right? Um, so we learn in this book that so there, there's, a, there's a group of people, if you haven't listened to the last few episodes, and if you haven't read the book, and please read the book, um, but there are a group of people 
that are referred to as the desert people. And their own name, the name that they call themselves, are the Inyizanaria. And they're like pariahs in Binti's uh, society because they're different. They don't have the same customs as the Hemba people. And so people feel like they're weird and they people feel like just stay away from them. And, you know, we learn in this last book that Binti's dad is of these people. And he always hid that part of himself. And that was really sad for me that, you know, his mama walked up on him like, boy, enough. Okay, enough. I know that you made different choices about your life, but your daughter is not the same as you. And she's unwilling to ignore these parts of herself. And in order to come into herself fully and to learn to love herself and to understand the world around her, she's going to have to connect with, acknowledge, and understand the parts of herself that you would have her ignore or even just be totally ignorant of. So that was really disappointing um, that her dad would try to keep her from self, self-knowledge and that he was harboring so much self-loathing. That was my assumption was that it was self-loathing, the reason why he would choose to not associate with his people and with his culture and with all that that entailed. Finally, the last thing that I hated was that Bensi has this gift, we know, of being a master harmonizer and she can connect with people and understand where they're coming from and create harmony and unity in situations that are tumultuous. So at the end of the book, she's trying to get the Kuish and the Meduse people to not go to war and to not fight and potentially destroy her entire community. She thinks her family's dead as a result of the damage that have, that has already been done. And I'm asking myself during these moments when she's like harnessing all the power of harmony and unity and diplomacy, where was all this when you were talking to your family, homegirl? When you spit on your sister, when you spit on your sister, Benty, where were these skills? When you left without a trace and you decided that you wanted to be silent and just make your choices without having to answer to anyone, without having to deal with anybody's emotions or feelings or reactions to your decision, where was this diplomacy? And why wasn't your family as deserving or more deserving of your patience and kindness and and delicacy when dealing with matters that are not easy to handle? So that was that was annoying, annoying. But on to the love it part, because I actually loved a lot more than I hated about this book. I love, love, love that difference is normalized at Umza University, which is out in the galaxy. Um, I also love that the Hemba people, even though they get criticized, excuse me, they get criticized for this, but it's actually a strength that they prioritize introspection over responding to external simulation stimulation like when uh there was an alien invasion and people were like attacking them they ran within to like draw from the power that they have come to be most familiar with as far as you know their own community and own customs and all that stuff um and so i just appreciated that they found the power within to be the most important as opposed to searching for power and understanding without. I also really appreciated the communal support amidst rage. Benti, like, essentially betrayed her community and went against 
everything that they believed. Uh, but at the end of the day, they mostly still got behind her um, to support her. And there were moments where they did abandon her. But overall, I really do feel there was a lot of communal support. And that was really good. I loved most of all, um, all the lessons that Binti learns at the end, um, that she shouldn't punish herself for her feelings, whether it's rage or, you know, sadness or whatever it is. Like I appreciated that she got around to self-acceptance and understanding that knowing herself allowed her to be a better neighbor, a better friend to the people around her and just a better person overall. And this idea that the broken can make change because Benty did something huge, something really important, but she wasn't perfect, right? She made a lot of mistakes. The whole hated segment is dedicated to the things that she did that I didn't like and cool. Like she has her flaws, but at the same time, like she made a change in spite of being imperfect and that's important. And that's advice that we should all take. Um, just do it. Do what you know you need to do, even if it's hard. Even if you feel like you're not ready, it needs to get done. So make it happen. And the worst thing that you can ever imagine could happen to you, you can still recover. That was one of the major takeaways from this book. Um, so yeah, man. Um, some of my favorite characters, Nguyenyi, I loved him. I loved him because he really embodied so much of what the Inuzanadia people are all about right and I and I really respected this community um and the way that they were characterized in this book but he really had this attitude no matter where he was placed all these environments that he's not from he said I will respect you whatever you are and I don't need to understand it right uh one example is that he in his opinion like he decided that maybe Oku was male uh but because he was raised right he goes listen I have my opinions but I'm going to allow you to tell me who you are and I'm going to respect that, whatever it is. So I loved him. And also the Inuit and Nadia in general, they have the right idea, right? This whole book, um, Mewenyi is the person and the vessel that allows us to be in touch with the Inuit and Nadia, but they are not really physically present throughout this book because this book is the resolution of the conflict, which really involves a lot of fighting. But they go, listen, I'm not fighting your wars. I'll be your ally ally from afar i'm not gonna waste my time fighting people who are hell-bent on self-destruction and also i'm gonna control my news and all the sources of information and never allow it to be infiltrated or controlled by outside sources so again they are goals 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 shout out to the indians and Nadia. shout out to mewenyi and benti and all my favorite characters again this was an awesome book an awesome series as a collective body of work it was just really excellent um and i recommend it highly like the highest of recommendations so with that being said i'm going to move on to the next segment that allows us to connect these dots so what why does this matter and for me this is just so important Again, this book was just so good because it refocused me. Just like the Brown Liquor Report, I just have constantly been receiving the message of get rid of the distractions. Get rid of the distractions. This young girl can stand up. So can you. So can we. So have we, right? There are so many people in real life who are doing the work. And I really want to focus on that more than the bull jive and more on that 
on the people who are doing what they need to do instead of calling out every ignorant person because they're just so many, right? There's not enough oxygen or time or energy or anything to call out just nonsense. Um, there's just so much more at stake, right? The work is so much more important. Um, so yeah, it's been time for us to tell the truth in spite of the fact that there are a lot of folks that can't handle it. Some folks want to cling to their fortunes, fortunes, instead of telling the truth. And they have absolutely nothing at stake, nothing to lose, except their delusions and still look where we are. So yeah, man, do the right thing. Be good to people, respect people, demand your respect. Don't give in, don't give up. And know like people are gonna learn whether it's the hard way or not, but you don't necessarily need to be the one to teach them. I know I'm not. I'm not gonna be everybody's teacher because there are different kinds of people in this world. And I just, I have to take my hats off to educators and the people who are willing to have those conversations and give those explanations because it's not easy, right? And some people do have to do that, but I am not the one to do that. People like me who are too sensitive or too angry or too incensed or too hurt, too whatever, to engage in these conversations without it actually being detrimental to our mental, emotional, or spiritual well-being, hats off. Because dealing with contrarians, agitators, haters, all that, and being calm about it, that is not an easy job, right? Um, it's not an easy job at all. But there are so many people who are able to sit down with assholes, with idiots, and still clarify what the issues are and what the solutions are, what the right solutions are. Andrew Gillum is one such person. Kamala Harris is one such, such person. Sister Soldier one time, she did an interview... Um, with Phil Donahue and she was on a panel and it was called, I think the issue of race all those years ago. And she just did an awesome job of responding to nonsense. Tupac, Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali. These are like, these people are some of the best I've seen, um, that you'll know that can sit down in a hostile environment and converse about the issues and thwart all the personal attacks and all the things that people try to throw at you to distract you. Some people are really good about getting to the heart of the matter during critical conversations and coming out relatively unscathed. So I really think that you have to know who you are and uh, try to get there if you can, because it, it is a skill that has to be developed and it's a tool that I personally have to get practice with, but, but it's not for everybody. And so if it ain't for you, don't hurt yourself trying to help someone become more informed. That's not your job to educate people who are ignorant, especially when they're blissfully blissfully ignorant. They want to be ignorant. Some people don't want to know the truth because it's going to shatter their false sense of security and reality. Some people don't want to know the truth. So you're telling the truth is good for you. Um, but sometimes you just have to focus on you and prioritize yourself. But yeah, the, those people are out there and that brings me to the next segment, um, shout outs. These are important because again, there are many people in the world who have responded to the call to action and they have been solution oriented. They are doing the work each and every day. I heard about this website and it's really, really funny, uh, but it's called whitepeoplesaveyou.org. So that's the first shout out this week because it's just a really good idea and so funny. Go check it out. Um, it, it, uh, I heard about it on the friend zone and I was typing white P 
peoplecan'tsaveyou.org, which um, is funny because that's not the website, right? Google gave me all these suggestions, and I'm like, this is not what I'm looking for, Google. Um, they've turned up all these recommendations that don't have anything to look to do with what I was looking for, but the gag is that the website is not whitepeoplecan'tsaveyou.org because not only can they not save you, they won't, right? The website, again, is whitepeoplewon'tsaveyou.org. Again, that was whitepeoplewon'tsaveyourblackass.org. Um, so check out that website. See what it's all about. It's just a funny, like, thing. Um, and what I loved about the Bensi trilogy, again, just to bring it back to the book, was that nobody came to her rescue in order to save her. She is the savior. She saved herself, and then she saved everybody else. So read about it. The last shout out goes out to Colin Kaepernick's organization. Like I said, he took it to the streets. Many people don't know much about what he's doing outside of kneeling on the field. There's more. He's not on his knees kneeling. He's in these streets educating, right? So respect to Kaepernick7.com or knowyourrightscamp.com. He has uh, a free campaign that he founded in order to raise awareness on higher education self-empowerment and give instructions to people young people specifically on how to properly interact with law enforcement in various scenarios what i want to do as well is encourage somebody out there to create these kinds of trainings and sets of instructions to share with law enforcement themselves because i think pre people pretty much get what they should be doing we know what to do we know the protocol. The cops are the ones who break protocol. Law enforcement are the ones who violate the terms of the agreement. And, and the way that that exchange is supposed to go, it usually goes left. Sometimes when, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of the most extreme cases, of course, when people have been killed, people running up in their houses, but many times it goes left because of some fault from the law enforcement officer. And in my opinion, I feel like one of the major problems that we have is that we don't spend enough time correcting what should not be done by law enforcement. So there's that. Um, yeah. So please, like, we need as much of this training for civilians as we do law enforcement because it's an exchange when we're interacting. And a lot of times the civilian doesn't really have a choice or a say in the matter. So I think the training really should also be about the professional's approach to the situation. And hopefully they would engage professionally, which is not what we've been seeing. But again, just to, just to bring it back and to calm it down, um, it's all about perspective. I just, I feel like it's so important to correct the people who are wrong and to stop scolding and berating the people who have been doing right until somebody ran in their home, in their school, in their church, in their neighborhood, up the staircase, to the park and shot them down, took their life for no reason other than fear and ignorance. It's really time to wake those people up because they sleep. And some of us had other plans for our lives that didn't include teaching grown people to mind their business. So, yeah, I mean, just somebody teach these people to regard others who don't share their race or their culture or their values as human Okay, they are human beings who are deserving of respect, honor, and dignity. Same as anybody else, right? I appreciate Nike. That's another shout out for amplifying Kaepernick's platform and 
pissing anybody ignorant off because that's the only reason you'd be mad for the most part. I think there's more to be said for Nike and what's happening outside this campaign. We can criticize them. Cool. But at the same time, this particular campaign is needed because it amplifies the message that's important. Um, so yeah, don't get distracted again. I think that's the slogan for this episode. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Um, and think this is just about sneakers or endorsements. It's not. It's really about the real issue of empowering people and specifically black people um, and valuing their lives, valuing their dreams, valuing their journeys and calling out the people who abuse people, take their lives and get away with it day in and day out. So I'm with Cap, right? And um, go ahead and check out his website. Uh, but here is the 10 point system that he's outlined with this campaign. Number one, you have the right to be free. Two, you have the right to be healthy. Three, you have the right to be brilliant. You have the right to be safe. You have the right to be loved. You have the right to be courageous. You have the right to be alive. You have the right to be trusted. You have the right to be educated. You have the right to know your rights. So again, just check it out. KnowYourRightsCamp.com, Kaepernick7.com. That's the number seven. And I'm just going to close it out by telling y'all to hit me up on all the socials. I'm on YouTube now, so I'll, I'll be working on getting videos and more content updated and uploaded. Um, but what are your takeaways? What are your lessons learned? Um, tell me what you think of Binti, Kaepernick, any of our heroes and sheroes, and share them with me. Excuse me, at Bantu Book Review on Twitter, on YouTube. Subscribe, comment, engage everywhere. Um, yeah, give me your testimonies, your random rants and musings, your coming up age stories. I'm here, y'all. So hit me up and I will be back next week with another one.